Well, what had happened was I met this really sweet chick on Tinder, and now we own a business. <laughs> Thank you for finding the What Had Happened Was podcast. It's me, Amelia Robinson from Dayton.com, and I have a sudsy episode for you filled with love and ferrets. Yep, ferrets. I spoke to Sarah and Gus Stathis, the owners of the Barrel House in downtown Dayton, about their first year in business. We talked a few weeks ago when Sarah and Gus brought their boss lady in training, Ellie, Sarah's daughter, into the WHIO radio studios. Sarah dove into what it's like to be a woman in the male-dominated beer world, and she and Gus dished about Tinder, owning a small business, their Wu-Tang Wednesday controversy, and why Barrel House has a no-jerk policy. The What Had Happened Was podcast is a product of Dayton.com, brought to you by the fine folks at Cox Digital Marketing. Let this trusted name in advertising help you find solutions for your digital needs. Like and rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you find your favorite shows. First, though, here's my chat with Gus, Sarah, and little Ellie from the Barrel House. <laughs> so what is the Barrel House? In short, it's a bar and bottle shop in beautiful downtown Dayton, Ohio. Ooh, always sunny down there, I hear. Always sunny in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> we specialize in craft beer and fancy wines. What, 20 tap handles? We got two wines on tap, a cider on tap, 17 beers. Always rotating, and our walls are just lined with craft beer and wine to take home. But that's a very simple way to say it. What is it really? I mean, what is it at its heart? Awesome. Dun, dun, dun. It's us. It's Sarah it's, it's and us. I that have exploded ourselves into a business. What do you think you've learned this first year of being in business? Oh, gosh. So much. <laughs> um, start with, um, this is your, your queen, pageant queen's question. So start in the... Um, well, I, I hate to sound negative, but it's so much more consuming than what I ever could have possibly expected. No matter how prepared I could have been, I don't think a lot of people realize how much it consumes every waking moment and sometimes your sleep as well. <laughs> yeah. Like I, especially with the social media part of it, like I do that every single waking hour. Oh, I know. But I know you do. <laughs> Before I'm even out of bed in the morning, I start on it. And I I don't like when people ask us a question and have to wait for a response because that's just not the nature of the internet anymore. For me, it's just, it's a lot more time than what I expected. I see some business owners that like still get to go on vacations and <laughs> go to breweries and go out and things like that. And we we don't really get to do any of that. We haven't even taken a honeymoon yet. Yeah. <laughs> this is your honeymoon. Surprise! Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Best honeymoon ever. Right? Hanging out with Amelia. Do you always say like how hard it is for a woman in an industry too? Oh gosh. Like, it's very frustrating. A lot of people that know about the beer community know that it's a very male-dominated industry. I definitely experience it more as a business owner than I did in the position I was in before owning the Barrel House, where I wasn't in charge necessarily. I didn't really get that much disrespect there, um, but I certainly do now on a day-to-day -day basis, even if it's subtle little things like someone needing a check and they immediately go to my male employee for a signature oh, really? as opposed to me because Almost daily or reps coming in that have never been there before and asking to speak to the owner or they'll come in and ask for Gus and I'll say well I'm the other owner what can I help you with and they say well when's Gus gonna be back oh really oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah 
<laughs> or like the look of confusion when I'm signing a check for a delivery driver and they look like, how could she? I, how could she know how to yeah. write her own name? Well, <laughs> right. her name can't possibly be on right. the account. She can't be in charge because that vagina, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so limiting. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't have that before in anything else you worked in? Not really. Not to the degree that I do now. I often get frustrated and have been very vocal about that. As you should be. I don't know that that, if it's helped or made it worse, but... (laughs) (laughs) There are a number of women in town who actually do own bars and restaurants, Mm -hmm. right? I have never thought that maybe their story was a little different from the dudes, other than the obvious. Like, you know, you go, oh, you own this place. Yeah. Sometimes I am surprised when it's a woman who owns a place. Yeah. Because that's because you expect it to be a dude. But, right. But it's a lot of women in this town own. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's another thing that's great about Dayton is there are a lot of, like, female business owners. And it is a pretty open-minded town, I feel like, whereas there's a lot of parts of Ohio that are still pretty conservative. And right. Dayton doesn't really fall into that, in my opinion. Not what I've experienced anyway. Or at least not the circles that we kind of sure. associate yeah. ourselves with. So what surprised you, Gus? Oh, I'm sorry. Should we ask your wife first if you can answer the question? Right. See what I did there? So I turned it back, <laughs> way back to make up. <laughs> what surprised me? Um, I, I mean, not to sound like an echo chamber, but just like the amount of time being devoted towards this tiny little 49 occupancy, mm-hmm. you know, thousand foot square building. Yeah, we really it's, don't even see each other. No, our paths cross for about an hour during the day. And other than that, I'm getting up and leaving before he wakes up in the morning and he's getting home after I'm asleep at night. So and we have Mondays off where we're running around doing other business related things off site. So So this is kind of like a honeymoon for you. Mondays are our, yeah. our one day that we see Aww, each other. Yeah. It's our Monday, then. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. I feel sorry about having you come in on the Monday. No, oh, no. This, this is fun. Yeah, I don't feel that sorry about it. No, don't. Yeah. <laughs> We're always happy to see you, Amelia. You too. <laughs> I'm really excited for school tomorrow so I can tell my friends that I was on the radio. <laughs> so explain Wu Tang Wednesday for people who don't know what that is. And that, I must say that you guys that ran one was into kind a of my fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of fun for me, but so I mean, it kind of started with Wednesday. It was just our slowest day of the week, just because like it's a bar on a Wednesday and whatever we need something to do. I, I was filling up gas at a gas station one night after a very defeating Wednesday, and I just texted Sarah like, "Can we just do a Wu Tang Wednesday?" And she's like, "Yeah." Yeah, but I prefaced it with, if you do that, if we're going to be playing unedited hip-hop all day, we need to put a warning sign on the door. Because as a mother who brings my kids there all the time, I would want to know as a parent before I walk in if there's going to be like explicit lyrics playing over the loudspeakers. So that's where the warning sign came about that has since gone viral multiple times. three or four times. Yeah, Yeah, the very tongue-in-cheek sign. And it was supposed to be like a PSA, and some people took it like as like a heads up, and some people took it as like, "How dare you hate children?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's all right. We, it's we definitely very not meant to be that. Children. Yeah, <laughs> since you have two of them, right? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you brought one to the studio. Yeah. Yeah. She is pretty much always with us. My sister and I, we came up with T Swift Tuesday, but it's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> not a thing at Barrel House yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's sometimes a thing in the car as we're driving around. Yeah, often in the car, yeah. though. Yeah, yesterday when we were driving my sister um, back to Cincinnati, we listened to Taylor Swift the whole ride there. It yeah. was pretty dope. 
and well, had you a know, singing like, party. Swift probably does have like her following that you can like have some tea swift oh, yeah. going on, get some tea. I don't know. Ooh, there we go. Very smart. T-E-A Swift Tuesday. Uh-huh. That's I right. That's what you're in. Yeah, Went to right. college. <laughs> it shows. Right. <laughs> Do you think there'll ever be a point, though, when there's too much beer in Dayton, the beer scene is too big, and there's too many breweries, and there's too many beer bars, and there's too much... Uh, I mean, I don't think so. No. There might be too much beer. There's never enough good beer. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's yeah. always room for quality product. It just makes it more competitive for the breweries because we have limited shelf space, so we can only bring in so much. And so we have to bring in the best of what's offered. So I have to say no a lot, which I hate doing. A lot, a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> there's no issue with having so many good beers, in my opinion. Right. We just carry less of the bad stuff. Hopefully none of the bad stuff. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of our thing, right? Yeah. We try to make sure that if there is a bottle on our shelf or a tap, you know, a keg on tap, like it's going to be good. And if it's not, then we probably wouldn't have bought it. Yeah, know. or, you know, knock the price down just to get the hell out of there to get right. onto the next good thing. The whole beer scene. Are it's, you surprised that it caught on? No, I'm not, not at all. I'm not surprised at all, especially with the people in the beer community in Dayton. It's, yeah. It's infectious. The beer culture in Dayton is downright infectious. Yeah, it's definitely coming from the Cincinnati beer market. I prefer Dayton because everybody's so nice here. And in Cincinnati, there's certainly nice people, but it's very competitive. And in Dayton, it is more so like everybody kind of helps each other out and collaborates and advertises each other and patronizes each other's businesses. Like we have other beer buyers from other businesses that come into our place and vice versa. And that doesn't happen in a lot of places that I've been. That's what I love about the Dayton beer community. What do you think that is then? Is it just a smaller town or is it because... That um, could be part of it, but I feel like the people here are just salt of the earth kind of people. And it's a tight-knit community. Yeah, I remember when when you guys first came, people were talking up. It wasn't just like oh, another competitor is coming in Mm -hmm. or whatever. Even though Jeff had been there, it's a whole new kind of vibe when you guys took over. And then you have different places have different breweries, beer in their spot, which you don't see in a lot of spots, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we definitely spend a lot of time, like, seeking out beers that you're not going to find anywhere else in Dayton. We drive, to Cincinnati. <laughs> we, we drive to Cincinnati and Columbus, and even we've been to Jackson, Ohio. We've driven to Cleveland to pick up beers that are exclusive to us outside of those cities. That helps for sure. Yeah, and, th- and that's kind of our thing, I feel like, or one of our things, you mm-hmm. know, making sure that we throw out a stupid, boring business word, but territorial exclusivity, right? <laughs> on these, Boo. What up? <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, I, I think a lot of our customer base kind of expects at this point that they walk in and they can find something, at least one product on our shelf that you're not going to find anywhere else in Dayton, Ohio. Oh. It's by design. Like Loganberry. Yeah, like Loganberry. <laughs> Look at her knowing her Loganberry from her Poganberries. <laughs> well, Loganberry is non-alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the record, right? We, right. we but, brought it back from New York. Yeah. yeah, you can only get it in New York in the barrel. Yeah. Oh, exclusivity. That's a fist bump right there. (laughs) I grew up in Buffalo, and that is like the drink in Buffalo. It's like a non-carbonated fruit drink, but it's delicious. It's kind of like a high C type of thing. Yeah, I'm 100% sure I've had it before. It's delicious. It's really good. (laughs) You can find it at the Barrel House. Yeah. Yep. 
and this is not your first rodeo when it comes to beer, right? No. Uh-huh. So I came from a bottle shop with 40 taps down in Loveland that I was at for three and a half years as their social media director. And I planned all of their events. I did some of the beer buying, some of the wine buying. And then Gus came from Ollie's which everybody knows in Dayton. Um, right. I'm a direct product of Mike Schwartz, godfather of craft beer in Dayton, Ohio. So I did the buying. I started as a stalker at Belmont Party Supply. I ended up being the beer buyer there. When he decided to open up Ollie's Place, I worked very closely with him opening that up and was the manager there until Barrel House happened. How'd you guys get into the whole beer industry anyway? For me, it was very unintentional. <laughs> I had been a stay-at-home mom for a number of years. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want you to get a job. No. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got the job that you got. But, <laughs> but I wish you got... He wanted me to work at Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> 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 yeah, I am the worst. So Cappy's was in walking distance from my house when uh-huh. I was living in Loveland. The owner of Cappy's was a good friend of mine since my oldest daughter and his son were babies. So I've known him for 12 years now. And so he gave me a job essentially as a clerk and to help out with the wine because I had some wine knowledge. Since we had taps, I had to drink the beer and be able to sell it. So I just went down that rabbit hole. <laughs> you yeah. had to drink it. Why not? Uh, of research. course, it's part of the job. <laughs> so when you say you had knowledge of wine, how did you get that knowledge so of wine? I had previously worked for him as a wine buyer at a gas station that he owned back when I was 21. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. <laughs> it was a Sunoco in Milford. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds nice. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> how, how many case stacks of Carlo Rossi did you bring in? A lot of Boone's Farm. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I had been drinking wine for years and he knew that I knew at least a little bit and they didn't have anyone really that was able to do it at the time because the person that was doing it was also in control of all of the liquor, which is a huge job. I took that over and then it was not very long before I didn't have time to do that anymore because I kind of created my own position with all of the events and social media. Yeah, she's definitely the social media guru behind the Barrel House. Honestly, you're kind of the guru of most things behind the Barrel House. <laughs> Well, that's the thing about it. Barrel House was around because Jeff Heater started Barrel House. Yeah. yeah. It was around. It was a name mm-hmm. that was known. But until you guys took it over, I don't think people outside of maybe downtown knew mm-hmm. much about Maybe the beer people knew about it, but. Right. Yeah. We still every day have people come in that had never been there before. Every single day. I would say, um, like, we get analytics every week for our POS, and we have around 150 new customers every week. So that's great. That is great. How'd you guys make the decision to jump from working for somebody else in the industry to working for yourselves and doing your own thing? It was the right place, right time. Yeah, it happened a lot faster than what we had initially planned. Yeah. (laughs) So we were kind of actively looking for locations downtown to do something. And Sarah had shared on my Facebook timeline, I think, what was... A link for Cloverdale. The old Cloverdale building. Yeah, Ah. the old diner, Because it's such a cool building, Uh right? And Uh it's been empty forever. But apparently it's not the greatest place for businesses because all of them fail (laughs) (laughs) but I Uh, thought it was a cool spot so I shared the link on his Facebook because it was available right and uh Jeff had seen that interaction and one night I went in the barrel house to get a beer like I often did and Jeff kind of pulled me to the back and said hey so I saw that thing that Sarah shared on your page does that mean you're looking to get into your own thing I'm kind of low-key like yeah And he said, well, I think I'm trying to sell this place. 
So he gave us the card for his broker, and we started that process. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. weren't even necessarily ready. No, no we, we weren't were th- ready even a little bit. Like three years. <laughs> we, we were thinking like yeah. three years down the road. Yeah. It was just something that we talked about a lot and wanted to do, and then this opportunity fell into our laps, and we love that place so much. It's got so much character, and right. the ambiance is amazing. The location is great. We just felt like we would be stupid to pass it up. Because yeah, it really does feel like a bookstore, mm-hmm. almost coffee shop, bookstore, beer place. Yeah. yeah, some people have sure. called it Dayton's living room, and then mm-hmm. I discovered that that was also a strip club. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, so oh, yes. and I know that for being a different different vibe I'm... than that. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> yeah. but it does have a living room kind of vibe, but yeah. not that living room. <laughs> well, you can have special nights always <laughs> after night. hours. <laughs> so you guys were also planning a wedding during this whole thing, right? Yeah. Well, I was. <laughs> you were. Yeah. I, I didn't do anything. Just like a man. He showed up. Yeah. <laughs> you guys also have kind of a beery sort of backstory with your marriage now, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you met at Warp Wing or something. We right? met we, at Warp yeah. Wing during what I believe was the first Mr. Mean Day, yeah. right? 2015 I, Mr. Mean Day. I, I was there, right? Yeah, you uh-huh. and Dylan were both there. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> what do you remember about it? I don't know. <laughs> How old are you, like 11? I'm nine. Ah. She's very tall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Precocious, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> you have the persona of an 11 year old, whatever yeah. that means. <laughs> My sister's 12. Ah. Uh, you and Dylan were both there. And that was 2015. I think I introduced myself, but it didn't really go much farther than that. No, we were friends on Facebook before we met in person because we kind of followed each other's social media because we were doing very much the same thing, but in different cities. Mm-hmm. I was basically so. trying to steal ideas from her because she basically. was very good at doing social media. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so we met in person. He recognized me from Facebook and introduced himself. And that was kind of it at that point. The next step, I think we matched on Tinder. Yeah. Um, what up? <laughs> Fun <Whoa>. fact. Yeah. <laughs> That's a deep cut right there. Yeah. That's not, even... not a lot of people know work. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Breaking up the romance real quick to remind you that you're listening to the What Had Happened Was podcast. And I'm Amelia Robinson from Dayton.com. The Dayton area was hit by 15 tornadoes on Memorial Day. Days have turned into weeks and are turning into months but the need for help still remains. There are several ways to help our neighbors and friends recovering from the tornadoes. Two that come to mind are the Dayton Foundation's Tornado Relief Fund and the Food Bank. I've added links to how to help to this podcast description. Now back to my talk about how beer led to love. It does work, you know, for romance. We already knew each other, and we had hung out multiple times at that point, like in groups of mutual friends. And when I saw him pop up on Tinder, I was like, I guess I'm going to go for this. Because, like, (laughs) of course you wanted all this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of course. You know what's a fun game if you ever get get bored? Uh It's to play your friend's Tinder. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, you just take that phone and go swipe left, swipe. Nope. I don't need that much power. I love it. (laughs) I can imagine it's fun. It is so much fun. It's like, no, yes, no. And sometimes they, like, try to fight you because they're like, oh, she's cute. I'm like, no, she's not. (laughs) <laughs> she's not for you she's 20 years old you're 36 oh my gosh yeah. Ooh, exactly yeah. yeah you'd be surprised with these Tinder accounts oh mm-hmm. no I've been on there I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> right, right, right. I actually wouldn't know what to do with a Tinder yeah if I, I mean, had to like actually date somebody it's pretty awful mostly um, yeah. I just watched a documentary about it a couple days ago and it's Mostly about hookup culture, which when I got yeah. on Tinder, that was not what I was looking for. Yeah. Apparently, most mm-hmm. of the guys on there are. 
Turns out. <laughs> Turns out that some guys Turns are creeps. Out. Surprise, <laughs> surprise, right? <laughs> so you guys met on Tinder slash Warp Wing. Mm. What was it that kind of drew you together, though? I think it just made sense. And... Like, it, it just clicked. Like It definitely made sense. Um, obviously, I have a lot of common interests. We're both passionate about fear, and that was the first thing, ultimately, that brought us together. But he's just... Everybody loves Gus. <laughs> like he's he's a he's a very contagious uh, character. He's always always happy. Everybody loves him, and I felt that way too the first time I met him. Because how could you not <laughs> get it wrong? I know, I'll right? You, you asked. I mean, Facebook puke emoji. I know, right? Yeah, do yeah. <laughs> <Cue> that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cute. You got to find your partner in crime. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you, when you start doing the changes at Warp Wing, because th- it feels like to me not Warp Wing. We, we didn't change very, anything at Warp Wing, Amelia. Come on. <laughs> I think you did change it, though. Your very presence there kind of changed it. Oh, you. I oh, know. I, yeah, I know. I changed. I turned a phrase like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrectly. Um, see, what did you want it to be to put your own spin on it, though? Like, I think we just wanted it to be fun, just more fun. Yeah, we definitely wanted like flavors of ourselves in it. For example, the ODB painting on the wall, like that wasn't there before. For. Right. Um, <laughs> and that isn't what you would typically expect to find when you walk into a coffee shop esque bar. <laughs> right. Well, first of so, all, you wouldn't even expect a coffee esque type bar in the first place. That's, it's also very surprising there. Yeah. Right. Well, you, Jeff did a breathtaking yeah. job building mm-hmm. that place. You know, his background was in theater, stage set design, and carpentry. Give that man a, what, thousand square foot canvas, and he's going to make something breathtaking. And that's precisely what he did we got really lucky that the ambiance and all that was already built in we just had to kind of add our own flair did you go to school for marketing no i went to school to be a paralegal oh. <laughs> i wanted to be president <laughs> well, and the president. whole room laughs <laughs> i was gonna ask another question i was like wait a minute right? so what made you not want to be president anymore oh gosh i was involved in politics lightly uh during my stay-at-home mom days and just was really turned off by the whole thing. Just the, I'm not a liar. Ah. <laughs> I just don't have it in me, apparently, to do that. <laughs> Would you go to? I went to Cincinnati State. Cincinnati State, okay. Yeah, because I was in Cincinnati up until right before we opened the Barrel House, I moved up to Dayton. So what about you? How'd you get into the whole thing? Well, I dropped out of college twice. Good Once. for you. That's twice as more than most people. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Overachiever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went once for graphic design and once for uh, small business management. Both of which came into use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still do. He does all of our graphic design. Yeah, and I <laughs> try to manage to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what exclusivity means, so there you go. I read a book. One yeah, or two. yeah. <laughs> I read an article about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or a tweet. I read a tweet about it one time. <laughs> Are you from Dayton then originally? Yes, absolutely. Why'd you decide to stay in this area? A, Dayton's home, and I love this city, right? Um, But I felt like something awesome was going to happen. What, like 10 years ago, Dayton wasn't really all that cool. I don't know, like, maybe I'm just a baby and I'm terrified of change or moving somewhere. I, I don't know, it's comfortable. I like the people, my family's here, my friends are here. He's got a great family, and it's nice to have them close by. Yeah. I didn't have any family in Cincinnati to keep me there, so. You're like bus suckers, right? I mean, <laughs> obviously my kids. <laughs> She's like, what am I, Chuck Loganberry? <laughs> yeah. 
So where do you want the business to go ultimately? We'd like to be able to pay ourselves at some point. That's my goal. That would be super That rad. would be awesome. I miss a paycheck a yeah. lot. <laughs> Wait, you guys don't get paid? Not really. No. I mean. <laughs> How do you like pay the bills? Magic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we pay ourselves enough to like pay the bills. Make sure you've got food in your guts. And the ferrets have food. And the ferrets. And the ferrets yeah. eat better than we do. And yeah. Well, fact. well, Ethan. <laughs> How many ferrets do you have? Two. Two. Okay. Elaine yeah. doesn't get food, like, that much food. Because Ethan hogs it all the time. Oh, that dang Ethan. That sounds like something that Ethan would do, too. He's the right, alpha. Yeah. yeah, for sure. He's, like, really big. <laughs> and Elaine's, like, just a little little baby. She's just a tiny little thing. A little tiny cat snake. <laughs> she looks like she did when we got her. It's an actual ferret. It's a ferret, yeah. yeah. But it looks like a snake-length cat, so we call it a cat snake. Ah, see, you also patented a new animal. You can sell in the back of the girl house. Yeah, yeah. Cat snakes are us. That's what's happening. To answer your question, what do we see with, you know, Uh -uh. future growth in the barrel house? We're going to open up a ferret superstore. (laughs) But we call them snake cats. There you go. That can be the mascot for barrel house. There we go. Yeah, you don't really have a mascot, do you? No. No. Well, it's kind of Ellie. Kind of Ellie, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, She's uh, kind of our t-shirt model sometimes. Yeah, she can't go anywhere without someone recognizing her. Like, oh, I I follow you on Facebook. Oh, that's funny. Not her Facebook, but... Hours, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of people know who she is. She feels pretty important. Yeah, the mascot <laughs> for the barrel house should be a ferret and a barrel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a barrel full like... of ferrets. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know what the next step is with the barrel house. We've basically outgrown where we are right now. We have. I would like to continue the growth that we've had in our first year and continue to grow. However, with the space that we have, it's hard to conceive how that will happen because we're kind of maxed out for space. Right. So, but we've got a three-year lease, so we plan on staying there for a while. We've entertained the idea of eventually maybe moving to a bigger location, but it's hard because the ambiance of that place is so much what it is. Right. And I mean, it would we be would hard basically to get have that. to hire Jeff to exactly. build out the, the next new spot. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I know he's busy with his new full-time job. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something he'd entertain. but And Jeff, we love the location. Jeff, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> prepare yourself. But could you guys expand into the parking lot even? I guess you would have Well, to... we added a patio, and this will be our first like warm season um, having it because it, it just got built in fall of this past year. So we didn't have summer or spring with it last year. That's one way that I think that at least in our second year we'll be able to grow over our last year. But it's the third year that's kind of like... What are we going to do? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> How do we continue to grow? Well, and there's also, like, do we move the shop or do we open up a second shop? Like, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't. I really want a rock club. I don't know where she's at <laughs> on this, but I, I want a music venue. I really do. I think that would be awesome. I would move it instead of making another one. The queen has spoken. Yes, Barrel house done. is moving. Heard it here first. Breaking news. Let me get Mark Fisher in here on this It one. is not official. <laughs> <laughs> you might well that's good that you're like you have that problem right oh yeah that's for the sure best problem in the yeah. World, yeah. you're too popular for your own good right well that's not really the way to say it you, I mean, no you're... i mean it's just it, if you've been there i know you've been there yeah. on like a friday or saturday night when it's busy like it's downright uncomfortable sometimes it gets very walk full. around and... yeah one one opportunity for growth is is daytime business that we're currently working on growing and it's definitely grown since we've taken over because previously when Jeff owned it they didn't open until three every day we open at 11 every day 
it definitely took some time for people to realize that we were open during mm-hmm. the day, but it's gotten a lot better over the last year. And that's when that kind of vibe and that kind of chiller vibe that's, is. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's when it's mm-hmm. super chill because there's usually just a handful of people in there during the day working on their laptops and having a beer. If we can get our business to increase during the day, then that's one way that we can continue to grow outside of possibly moving or expanding. Right. Where's that bite that Barrow House got as far as like that little kind of like comical like bite, like the patio thing? Don't come in here unless oh. you're... Oh, no, no, no assholes allowed. Yeah, no assholes allowed. Excuse yeah. my French. <laughs> it's all right. She grows up in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> we put rules on the wall after we took over. Jeff had other rules, and we just kind of tweaked them a little bit to fit right. our vibe. And rule number one is don't be a dick. And I think the no assholes allowed sign came about because we had these really cool coasters that we got at Omega. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they were like records. And people kept stealing yeah, them. Yeah, and we oh, had boy. we had a note written on the back of each one, like, we got these at Omega, you can too, please don't steal them. And we had like 20 of them. And they just kept getting stolen repeatedly. Somehow from that, we decided to put up a sign (laughs) saying no assholes allowed because only an asshole would steal. I mean, that's a lot of us just being like drenched in naivety to think that those wouldn't get stolen. Sure, but it's our home. You know, when someone comes into your home and steals from you, it's a violation. Of course. Even though it's just a coaster and it's trivial, it's still like we spent money on that. It's part of our vibe. We have a very like music centric vibe there, too. Right. With Vinyl Vinyl Sunday, they kind of fit the decor. It was defeating to not be able to have them (laughs) without them getting stolen. I think the sign's been pretty effective, though, for the most part. Like, we really don't get a lot of pricks in the Uh shop. It's like a barrier, almost. People are like, wait a minute. Yeah, and like, on on, on the small handful of occasions I've had to, you know, tell somebody to leave, I always, every single time, point towards the sign on their way out. I'm like, there's a sign. Don't come back. No assholes allowed. Yeah. This is for you. You've been trespassed by this sign. Luckily, we don't get a lot of riffraff there. No. Virtually not. Anything else you want people to know about the Barrel House or what you guys want to bring to the the scene that I didn't ask you about? The scene. The scene. We always, always, 1,000% of the time have a charity that we're working towards. We had mentioned about how awesome of a beer community Dayton is, and it's not just the beer community, but Dayton in general is a really awesome community. We feel that like being a part of that community is giving back. And even if it's just the little jug that we have up on the bar or, you know, once a month, we always try to do an event where we donate a dollar per pint to whatever charity that is. That's a really, really big part of us and who mm-hmm. we are and what we're trying to accomplish. The way that the craft beer market is right now, you can get most beers at any Kroger or gas station. It's very saturated. And I think what kind of sets us apart is that our customers are our friends and we're a family-owned business with kids and... (laughs) (laughs) Thumbs up, right? Thumbs up from Ellie. I think we personalize it a little bit more than some places do. You guys seem to be doing more things outside of the box, too. Like you try. Yeah. We don't want to copy other events, you know? We try to be innovative and creative whenever we can, yeah. So have, like, all all kind of special nights. You got, like, a funk thing going on. You got... First Fridays, we do Funky Fridays where uh, our boy uh, Cooley from over at Omega Music and Trunk Bound Regime, he comes down and spins just a bunch of funk. Thursdays, we do our open mic night. Yeah, and that's been really fun lately. We, We get a lot of different people coming out for that. We get a bunch of comedians, a bunch of musicians, some spoken word poets... We had this one dude come in a couple of weeks ago. He built a banjo out of a cigar box 
and like just like some odds and ends that he mm-hmm. found. And it was like a slide banjo, right? I don't know if you've ever been to an open mic night, but like nobody's paying attention to whoever has the microphone. Because nobody has a banjo but that guy. Right, yeah. <laughs> the only guy so, and, and like the, the room was silent watching this dude because it was so breathtaking on this instrument that he made. And, huh. it, yeah, and so, it wasn't just because he had a banjo, it's because it was a great set then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like killer performance, most unique thing. And it was like towards the end of the night, right? 11 o'clock p.m. at a full bar on a Thursday night and everybody's watching this dude jam on a banjo. Like, <laughs> that's not a thing that happens, right? Yeah, that's a dating thing that happens for sure. It's a very weird dating thing. Some strange dating nights. That's what makes dating amazing, though. Mm-hmm. Everybody is so down to earth and just... You run into some fun and dating yeah. some unusual oh, stuff. Yeah. Apparently we were rated, I think, the number two nightlife city in the country based on per capita or something, which is... It sounds crazy, but at the same time, as the owners of a bar, there's people that go out literally every single night of the week. Yeah. A lot of people that do that. And it's that. not always who you think it is either. No. No. no it's all kinds of people. Yeah. Like, I mean, we don't get a lot of the college crowd, and but we definitely get a lot of like 30 to 60 year olds. And it's not just you guys either. There's all those bars down mm-hmm. there that get like um, kind of a mix of rages. Some people get mm-hmm. a little younger too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I think the Oregon district definitely gets a lot of like the college kids, but they tend to stay away from us. Right. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> if you're looking for a party, that's not yeah, us. Yeah. Like... We don't have shots of liquor. And <laughs> yeah. most of the beers are like between six and ten dollars, you know? Yeah. yeah so. We're kind of a crappy party bar. We're an expensive party bar. Sit down and read a book, we're your guys. Yeah. <laughs> or talk to your friends over a <laughs> Or drink a world class beer. Right. Yeah. There's a big bookshelf at Barrel. Yeah. Yeah, there is. There sure is. There's some games there, too. Mm -hmm. Like a whole wall full of books. So you're training upright to be the uh, marketing director. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Get them while they're young. (laughs) Well, I guess thanks for coming in here. Ellie, you were great. You really stole the show. (laughs) (laughs) They can't see how cute she is. Right. right. (laughs) I'll take a picture. (laughs) She's like your manager. I know. Right? (laughs) Kidager. Yeah. She's a good kid. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Aren't Gus and Sarah worth all the craft beer in the world? And if Ellie isn't Dayton's mascot, then who in the heck is? Be sure to pay Gus and Sarah a visit at the Barrel House located at 417 East 3rd Street in downtown Dayton. And follow the Barrel House's Facebook page. Sarah does an excellent job talking about beer and what's going on at the business. The What Had Happened Was podcast was written, edited, and produced by me, Amelia Robinson, and the WHIO Radio Studios. The show's artwork is by the one and only Troy Liming of TL Creates of Columbus. We have some fantastic shows coming up, so be sure to check us out next time. Until then, beer you later. Let to love. Let to love. Let to love.